Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! I love that. We're ready to go. We're we're back with zombies, aka walkers. Um, yes. The premiere's finally here. One yes. of the most talked about new shows. Um, welcome to AfterBuzz TV's Fear the Walking Dead. I'm Kristen Carroll, and with me today, hi guys. I am Ashley Chapman. So excited about this show. You guys can tweet at me comments, questions at Twitter under Ashley Chapman. Ashley underscore Chapman. Excuse me, my Twitter. <laughs> and we're going to try to keep up with that a little bit as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and our two other co-hosts who, who will be joining us next week are Megan Salinas and Ben Bateman. And of course, we the have... Behind the Curtain the is, man yes. is... I, I wouldn't have time to do this show this whole season, so I had to drop out and give the panel to somebody else. But guys, like I'm so excited. If I get to watch it every week, I'm going to talk to you. It's Stephen Lemieux in the booth. Good to see you guys. Tweet yeah. at me. I'm in the chat right now. If you have comments, just let me know. Great. So let's just dive right into it. Yes. I mean, we have seen so many small little teases, and now we finally get to see the whole hour and a half show, mm-hmm. which I thought was a surprise. I didn't know it was going to be an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and and it opens. We have Nick, who's kind of I feel like the main guy we're watching out of even everybody in this entire family. Yeah. It's a whole different dynamic, and and he's he's a druggie. He's in his um in the church, and he wakes up, and all of a sudden he's looking for his. We don't know if she's a girlfriend, but we'll say lady friend. Yeah, friend. Gloria. And he comes across her. She's eating somebody. Yeah. Good morning. How did you feel with that? Because Walking Dead is, is the, there's going to be a lot of comparisons, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully you have watched Walking Dead before you've seen Fear the Walking Dead. Um, if not, actually, it might be more, it might be yeah. more fun yeah. as well. Um, I, I agree. I like the series so far, even though we're just getting into the first episode. One of the things that I feel is kind of a downside for us as an audience is because we have seen The Walking Dead, and this is the prequel to it, we sort of know a lot more about mm-hmm. what's going to happen and about the show than the characters do. So I feel like we're we're kind of a few steps ahead as far as far as that concerns. So, I mean, you know, it was interesting just to sort of see it from their perspective of them sort of experiencing it mm-hmm. for the first time, whereas we have had over what six seasons of experience with this like i wonder how many people were yelling at the tv screen shoot him in the head shoot him in the head well and the big moment too in in the walking dead is when rick grimes comes across the young little girl the Mm -hmm. little blonde girl and she's a zombie and the fact that or she's a walker and the fact here you know you have his his girlfriend yeah you know very similar in openings Mm mm-hmm Awesome. And I thought there was a lot of, of a lot of that. There were also a lot of pans to the city, so that they made sure that we know we are in LA, which is East LA. East LA. LA. The East LAers. But how did how did that take, um, Stephen? How did you feel when you watched the first opening sequence? Um, when I saw the first opening sequence, I really thought it set a tone for the episode that they didn't really continue with. Uh, for instance, it just kind of felt very fast-paced when you see the opening, and then the episode gets into it, and it's very slow-paced, very slow build. That uh, A lot of the complaints I've seen in the chat roll so far are that it is very slow, mm-hmm. but I have to say, we're doing a prequel, yeah. and when you're doing a prequel, you can't have everything happen at once, otherwise you're just literally doing a recreation of The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Because if everyone's just dying already in the first episode, then there's no real place to go. So I really liked this whole fact of 
the way they shot it and the way they did it, you really couldn't tell. Like, for instance, if you took this as not a zombie movie, Mm -hmm. a guy waking up from a heroin dream and looking for people, like, you go back to the bath salts thing that happened in L.A. a while back. You go back to all sorts of things, and you go back to, he's on drugs, so you can't really trust that what he actually saw is real, which is a great story plot device that they've been using, that they use in this episode with his character, but at the same time, because we already know it's called The Walking Dead, you know that it is real. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I agree, Stephen. I struggled with that a little bit in this episode, too. It was very slow for me, especially in comparison to Walking Dead, where we were already in it, the apocalypse has already happened, so there's walkers everywhere, and so there's a lot more suspense, there's a lot more tension that's going on there, versus this, it's the very beginning, we're really just laying the foundation, so Mm -hmm. I kind of struggle with that a bit, of knowing what eventually will happen, and then just still trying to deal with, okay, (laughs) we've got to take it one step at a time, and it's over the course of six episodes too so i feel like we're still going to get we're going to get more and more into it and there's going to be i'm sure some elements of surprise within the the upcoming episodes but we do need to sort of pace ourselves and we Mm -hmm. have to kind of remind ourselves of that as we go through the series absolutely and i think a lot of origin stories start out a little bit slow and you know we're only in an hour and a half compared to if you were doing an origin story for Mm -hmm. a movie or i think of agents of shield you know the first half of season one was incredibly slow and if you know, then it picked up and it'll be interesting to see how this one is. I'm still very much intrigued with everything that happened, but, um, so, so let's go back to Nick. So he runs out, he gets hit by a car. He's, he's raging like a lunatic. Everybody's going, okay, what is going on with this guy? And he ends up in the hospital and we have, you know, we meet briefly, um, Travis and Madison and the rest of Madison's family, Mm -hmm. Alicia. Alicia, and she comes in there as well. And, just so you guys know who are listening, we're going to be breaking this up by character a little bit. And to to follow up with Nick, all of a sudden now he's not talking about what happened as much. He's calmed down. He He's definitely doubting himself. Of course. Did he see what he saw? Was it the drugs? You know, and at one point I I liked the moment he had with the, with Travis when he was talking about it. And he's like, I had to have seen this. Otherwise, I'm insane. Mm-hmm. This had to have happened that way. And, you know, he really is, he's stuck in this hospital as well. And and I think there is a part of him that, even though he has disappointed his family, he still doesn't want to keep doing that. Yeah. And I think when he's there and he stays there at the beginning, he's really thinking, maybe I need to clean up my life. And he tells mm-hmm. his sister that. And you can tell that she's not really falling for it as much. Right. But... You called it a little bit, I'm fast forwarding a little bit with some of these moments, but you called it while we were watching that when he asked, when when the nurse came in to, to take him to go to the bathroom, right. that he, he was, was going to run out. <laughs> I know, I know. But and you know, I I feel like it was a very interesting choice to make Nick the first person who sort of sees, or not the first person because Tobias he's sort of had a little bit of suspicion there as well. Um, but I think that it was a very interesting choice for them to make Nick the one who is the junkie, the one mm-hmm. who is he's very unreliable as far as what he sees. And so I, I like the. You know, we're starting off with him. He seems like a very broken, very scared kid, but he ultimately is the one who, I mean, he saves, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but you know, he's the one who kind of jumps in and sort of kind of saves the day at the end. So, and, and he's the one who sort of is opening people's eyes to the fact that there's something strange going on. So I liked. Just, you know, sort of seeing and following Nick and his story. But even though he seems like a very broken character, very unreliable character, I don't know. There was just a certain sense. I get a certain sense that he's going to be a very strong character mm-hmm. in, in the coming episodes. Or he's just going to develop a really great sense of strength, you know, from his past and from the fact that he had to deal with drug issues and all of that. So one mm-hmm. of the things that they really pride themselves on in the in the original series, Walking Dead, is... That the show is not based on killing zombies. The show is based on people. Yeah, that's and driven. in this episode, they've really set themselves up with for success yeah. with a very interesting family dynamic that mm-hmm. allows us to not have to leave that family too much. Yeah. And when you have like Rick and the group in The Walking Dead, where people could come in, people leave, you can't really have that same feeling in a family that's already that they're related in yeah. like through marriage or whether it by, be by blood, but. 
what I found really interesting was his relationship with his sister mm-hmm. because she was not she's not perfect herself mm-hmm. and he always kind of says that so yeah. i feel like there's a deeper there's a deeper connection there that might even have to do with drugs mm-hmm. where she could have gotten clean and he didn't and now she's just disappointed in him or something like that but yeah. no i'm i w- think his acting really carries the show at this at yeah, this moment it does. Absolutely. He's, he's a young johnny depp like he oh, i yeah, kept absolutely. i kept thinking oh my god am i watching like johnny depp right now i know well, it's funny with the sister, too, because I think we even see the fact that she's not perfect. I mean, yeah, she's she's obviously good in school. She's going to Berkeley, and she's able to skip classes. But the fact that she's even skipping classes and she yeah. doesn't care about it, you can tell there's something, like you said, a little bit deeper that way. And I think where she – they probably both had a similar issue, mm-hmm. and maybe it has something to do with their father because we haven't been introduced to him at all. We know he, Travis's ex-wife is alive and, and well. well. The, I read actually in Wikipedia that the father actually died. When mm-hmm. Nick was 13. So they se- speculate that his drug addiction sort of spiraled out from there. So we don't know. I mean, I'm sure we'll see in the coming episodes, especially something like this. I mean, this really kind of brings out the best, a zombie apocalypse, I mean, it kind of <laughs> really brings out the best and the worst of people. So I'm sure as we go along, we'll see that relationship between Nick and Alicia sort of develop a little bit more, and we'll see her side of things. Like, how is she really dealing and how is she really coping with all of the craziness that's happening? Absolutely. I think the most interesting thing with what you're saying there is that you have to think of the timeline. Yeah. And uh, who is it in the chat who just brought this up? I'm trying mm-hmm. to make sure I give them a shout-out where they need. Um, Mark Hare was saying, I wonder how much the first season will cover in the 30 days of Rick coma. If we really think about it, if Rick was only in a coma for 30 days, from everything being normal to everything being completely hell happened within 30 days. Yeah. So this whole series has to take place within one to two to three weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll be really interesting to see where they end this season and where mm-hmm. this, they're actually going this season because next episode could be the same day. Yeah. The next five episodes could, could be, be the same, same day. day. Mm-hmm. Well, and they said um, to Robert Kirkman and, and Dave Erickson, the executive producers, um, were saying that it will catch up to Walking Dead. Yeah. We'll get to that timeline. We will get to the point where, where Rick is, you know, back out of his coma and everything like that. So it it will be interesting. And I have to imagine, too, you know, as not to get too far ahead of myself with the previews, but just to go off of that, when communication fails so quickly, everything we have now pretty much is on a computer, backed up on a database and everything. So you could see where civilization would go so so quickly nowadays because everything, you know, not as many people go to the library and all that kind of stuff. So our technology just, if something bad happened, Half of our civilization is going to be wiped out. More they, than that, they really played that up this episode too, with yeah. the the teacher talking about how how do you make a fire? Oh, mm-hmm. how do you do this? Mm-hmm. And then the teacher's like, "I'm going to take away your phone." Like right. they're very, and then the car even where they're like, "Oh, we're in the car." I don't know. But it's very interesting too, just the differences in between. You know, Walking Dead. Rick, he was a sheriff. You know, so he had some sort of survival combat skills, right? And a lot of the characters in the very beginning of Walking Dead, Shane. A lot of the other characters, they sort of knew how to survive out in the wilderness. They learned a lot as they went, but they sort of had some skills, some training. Whereas these characters, I mean, this is these are counselors, these are teachers, these are <laughs> students. They have absolutely no real experience, no training on how to deal with surviving a zombie apocalypse. So yeah. I kind of like that aspect of it, too, whether or not the, the two stories merge together eventually. I'm sure they will. But just sort of seeing how this family will sort of have to learn those survival skills and how they'll have to really sort of band together and become, you know, like the badass people that we see in Walking Dead who take zombies out, cutting the heads off, you know, <laughs> doing the kill shot, you know. What 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 it comes down to is in Walking Dead you have a you have a sheriff, right? Who mm. he's got he's battle trained with the gun. He has those instincts and things like that. And in this series they're taking the other side of the spectrum. They're taking a drug abuser who is used to living in hovels, who's used to like living day to day, basically homeless and yeah. having to rely on other things and having to rely on their own uh, ability and creativity to actually make it another day. So I think it's really interesting how they've taken a different spectrum and they're putting him in a role where will he li- rise to be the leader Rick is? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a great point. I like that. And uh, speaking of leaders, we have Travis and Madison, mm-hmm. which um, one of the interesting things I found about them compared to, again, with Walking Dead is we have this couple 
we're very much in love. They're very much a team. Mm-hmm. You know, Walking Dead, we see people who end up coming together as a team. Now we have the team already made. They yes. have this group, and it's such a a great relationship. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems like. I mean, every relationship always has, you know, ups and downs. But they're there for each other no matter what. And one of the big moments is when they do find out that Nick is in the hospital. They both go there. Travis tells Madison she's worried about school she has to go to class um being a teacher there and having all the applications being sent and he said don't worry about it and she goes no you didn't sign up for this Mm -hmm. because i signed up for it because i loved you and the cute part about them as well is you know she goes don't get too sentimental on me she's gonna get sick yeah Yeah. (laughs) that was a great scene and and it's really great too because you see the good thing about both of them and having they're already leaders being teachers Mm -hmm. So we talk about Nick, who's probably going to end up being the leader because he seems to have a lot of survival skills. He gets creative to get his next high. So he's going to have to get creative to survive in a different way. And with these two, they're already leaders, but they're not going to know what they're leading against, yeah. what, what they're making people fight for. But I think they are going to be the the group that is going to get everybody together. Yeah, you know, they're both, I got they both are really strong characters. Like, I really liked Madison because... You know, she she just seemed like somebody who, like, okay, I'm going to take care of this myself. I'm not going to whine and complain too much. Let's just do it. Let's just get it done. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a great attribute to have for experiencing something like the zombie apocalypse, right? And the same with Tobias. He is, he's in it. He's down for the cause, you know. He's oh, Travis. For, I mean, uh, yeah. Tra- no, um yeah, Travis, Travis. Yeah, so Travis, he is, he's down for the cause. He's, he's there for the family. He's moved in. They're engaged at this point. So, you know, these are, these are two families who are, are coming together, who are merging together. So I feel like for, for this series, especially for Travis and Madison, it's really going to be about protecting their family and just stepping up to the plate so that they can keep everybody in their family and their circle alive, safe, you know, which, I mean, could very much have a strain on their romantic relationship, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, which we'll see. But I like that the fact that, yeah, you said they're very strong, they love each other, and there's that great family dynamic that's there already in place before we start. Mm -hmm. And Travis, obviously, also trying to to get in there a little bit more as well and and be a part of her family because they obviously live with her kids and not with Chris um, and Liza, who's the ex-wife, and we'll get to them in a little bit. But he's really trying to to see it from Nick's point of view. So when Nick tells him what happened, where everybody goes to, you know, he takes it upon himself to go to this church mm-hmm. and go to Needle Alley, as they call it, yeah. which <laughs> not a very smart thing to do if you're just a teacher and you're going yeah. into kind of the lion's den, so to speak. Uh, one of the things I really liked when he went there is some of the writings on the wall. I couldn't see all of them, but... Again, this is something they always do in The Walking Dead. You know, when we saw Morgan and um, in his house back a couple seasons ago and all the writings with the wolves are here and whatnot, there was writing, I don't know if you saw it, that said why. Hmm. There were a few of those on the wall. And I think that's the reason all of us are tuning in as well, is to figure out why. So they really mm-hmm. took what the audience was looking for and what these people were looking for when yeah. when all of this happened. Um what did uh Stephen, what were your thoughts on on him going to the church to discover you know, to try to find whatever Nick thought that he saw? Are we talking about uh Cliff Curtis uh, Travis as a character? Yeah, Travis as a character. The fact that he is do you think that at one point Madison also said like, "Hey, don't try to make up for, you know, yeah, make your, up relationship for your relationship with Chris, with Chris to try to be Nick. Do you think he was doing that or do you think he was going cuz he actually truly believed him or wanted to believe him? I think it's just one of those things where if somebody's telling you a story that's so believable, even though it sounds insane, you just have to know. Mm-hmm. You know, even even if it wasn't to make up for his relationship with Chris or even if it's just uh, to humor him, it's kind of like one of those things where if somebody's to the point where they're admitting that they might be insane and it might not be the drugs and they might themselves be insane, like, you owe it to them as your stepson at least to check it out, I mean, what harm's going to come? You're going to mm-hmm. check out a building. Like, mm-hmm. in his mind, he's going to go look at a building. Maybe there's somebody who ate somebody's face there. But he's not thinking zombies. He's not thinking something like that. Yeah. Nobody, I think that's what's going to be so hard to come to grips with in this show, is that nobody is thinking 
that walkers exist. Mm-hmm. Nobody is aware of the fact that these are what these things are. Mm-hmm. So they will have no idea how to cope. And we see that in the final scene, especially with the mom. But yeah, I think they, I think, uh, the main cause for his other son is that he's going to make a choice between one family or his other yeah. son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who he eventually protects. Um, cause you know, it's all going to happen. And, and you think about it even with an earthquake in LA, you know, you want to go with your loved ones, but the fact like if we had one here right now, not going to, that doesn't happen. We, um, you know, our, family's not here mm-hmm. so it's kind of like okay who do you go to first you know right. do, do you go to this family here to try to save them to make sure they're okay do you go to this one i mean you have to make a bunch of choices about what your first plan of action is and i think when this really breaks out that's going to be a huge part of it yeah and just speak, speaking on that point of it breaking out i like that we're getting a view of sort of a city urban setting mm-hmm. you know versus coming from rural south where it's a lot of trees, it's a lot of nature, you know, farms. So we're getting a really, really good insight and a, a good taste into just sort of the chaos mm-hmm. that would come from a, an epidemic like this, you know, in a, in a city area where people were very much attached to our technology, to phones, to computers. I mean, that's... I think that that'll be a really great thing to see mm-hmm. from from that aspect. Um, just how everything unravels with these, you know, seeming like very just average normal people, and just from all these different perspectives and viewpoints of people who just have, like you said, no idea what walkers are would never have imagined in a million years that something like this would happen to us. And I think also to to build on that will be interesting because. LA is so big. It's not, if you just get downtown LA, that's not even yeah. where most of the people live <laughs> exactly. at down here. And, you know, you go to, to Georgia and Atlanta, we saw how Atlanta ended up, but it's not nearly the kind of, it's a more concentrated city yeah. than here where it's just, the city is suburbs. You know, you can live in LA and be an hour away from the city and you're mm-hmm. still part of the whole county. Yeah. So there's a lot, crazy. there's a lot of room for them to just move throughout East LA too. I mean, who knows where they'll eventually end up, but yeah, there's a lot of different areas. I can see a lot of different, you know, other characters that are coming in from different parts of LA. Um, but it'd be really interesting, especially since I'm from LA. So <laughs> get to see my home city. One of the other kind of cool things about this is, uh, and I feel like I start every sentence with that now, um, <laughs> is because of what LA is, mm-hmm. everyone who wants to get their loved ones is going to be leaving LA. Yeah. Because we're a microcosm of people from all over the place. Yeah. So the only kind of potential thing they could have for characters from The Walking Dead is if somebody got on a plane like in the timeline of this episode and flew across the country and ended up trying to find their family there. Um, but yeah, I think having the city be Los Angeles, you're going to have a lot of drifters. You're going to have a lot of people who want to come to the group and say, no, cause I don't want to go with them. I want to go find my family. Yeah. And obviously this family doesn't really have an emergency plan because their first goal is to all split up, which is kind of really dumb. Cause usually if you're in a school and you notice, Hey, there's like no kids here. Oh my god, there's only five kids on a bus. <laughs> oh my god, I better still go to school and send my daughter home on a bus. Nothing could go wrong. Yeah. Do you guys see the bus flipping next episode? Because I see the bus flipping next episode. <laughs> they pull a dark night on us. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, building on that as well, um, which I've said a lot. Um, <laughs> sorry guys, I've been a little rusty. I haven't been here in a while. Um, that, that we see that she, you know, Madison has her daughter in school and she goes and they kind of all get each other when it starts getting worse. But Nick escapes, as we talked about, and then she wants to see the place as well. She goes, Travis, you have to take me here. We have to try to find him. So they're on the hunt to, to get him. And she, more than seeing... I think Travis was more a hit, especially because we had a jump scare from somebody when he went to go visit where someone jumped out at him and said, you know, they're all dead. dead. Yeah, don't kill me. me, Don't kill me. And when she shows up to go, they're walking around. It doesn't seem nearly as bad. Everything's a little bit calm. It still doesn't look good. But she starts breaking down when she sees his book and the the heroin, the needles in there. And I thought that was a very powerful moment as well. And it's definitely... Um, I think Kim Dickens is just a really great actress. Mm-hmm. I liked her in House of Cards. She's good in Gone Girl. You know, a lot of stuff that way. So it's really cool to see her and here being taking on a, 
somewhat different role mm-hmm. than what she's been doing. Still a strong woman, but in a completely different sense. Doesn't she kind of remind you of Skylar from Breaking Bad? A little and bit. doesn't Nick remind you of Jesse Pinkman? <laughs> Season one. Season one, Jesse. I buy Skylar. I'm not sure about Nick, though. But yeah, we'll keep watching and see. Does that mean Travis is going to break bad pretty soon? Does that make <laughs> oh, him the yeah. Walter White? Travis Hopefully will shave so. his head. Yeah. <laughs> I am the one who knocks. Yeah, exactly. He is Heisenberg, everybody. He is the one who walks. <laughs> there we go. And to, to talk a little bit more about Alicia, you know, I, I'm not sure if I like her yet. I'm going to hold out on whether or not I've, I've decided. I feel like Nick we can forgive because he's a drug addict and all that kind of stuff. And I just feel like Alicia right now, I, I need to know more about her yeah. before she's a character that I'm cheering yeah. for. Yeah, I agree. I think right now she's very one-dimensional. We got to see a lot of different shades and colors in Nick and even with Madison and, mm-hmm. and Travis. So there's there's a lot more about her that needs to be fleshed out. Because right now she just seems kind of like the bratty teenager who just is irritated by everything mm-hmm. and just wants to get out of LA. But I think that that's that's also really interesting too, you know, just from that initial, you know, uh what what initial view that we got of her is that she wants to get out of LA. You mm-hmm. know, there is something that's happening inside of internally with her that that's making her feel like LA is not the place to be. And I wonder if it's because of the family, I wonder if it's because of the dad, but yeah, I I, I think we need to find out a lot more about her for me to really care about her. <laughs> they don't give you too much, yeah. but what they do give you is that she cares about the people close to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she cares and, about Nick, yeah. Well, sure. th- she cares about Nick, and she kind of cares about her family. It's more of that they show her that she cares, that she, while well, everyone else is looking at this video of somebody being shot, she's looking at her phone trying to get a hold of her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So she's probably going to be the one that. Uh, is that like, because can, she can cares? Can somebody say though? Andrea? Like, is that because she cares or does she feel like her ego's kind of been hurt a little bit because she went out out of her way to meet this guy and he ditched her? And he seemed really nice, too. And that could also be another thing. But I don't know. Well, she had her things packed. She was going to leave. Yeah. Yeah. So she's at a time where she was going to leave everything. So that can cause some discord with the family. But when that guy's gone, Mm -hmm. the next step is... Okay, now time to worry about the family, I guess, if she really realizes what's going on. I don't know. They don't give us too much, but I feel like she's going to be one of the driving forces to keep them together. The warrior, Mm -hmm. per se. If he's going to be, if Nick's the warrior, she's the warrior. (laughs) Warriors. Let's say kill her off really quickly. No, it actually doesn't. It doesn't sound like they're going to kill anybody off, uh, any of the big characters right away. I think they're going to try to keep away from that. That stigma that that Walking Dead yeah. has now, because you do watch and you're like, oh, I can't care for, yeah, for any anybody. of these people. And why went out the Comic Con? I went to the round tables, and that was one of the questions um, at our table was, should I? Should I, I asked, uh, I think it was Greg Nicotero. I was, should I become attached to any of these <laughs> characters, or should we all kind of? Just keep an eye on them because I, I feel that's that's going to be the hard part. Is a lot of us watching are going to be skeptical. Yeah. Like, all right, well, you're just going to kill off Kim Dickens mm-hmm. in the next episode. You know, yeah. If I start, she starts to get too sentimental. I know that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to play around with. All right, I hope they will at least play around with our ideals of that because we saw, you know, Merle. All of a sudden, his redemption episode—you knew mm-hmm. by the end. Okay, he's going to die and right. et cetera for a lot of them. But to play up devil's advocate with that. At least for me, that will add a little bit of suspense, and mm-hmm. that'll add a little bit of surprise to the story. Because again, there's so much about this show. We already know what's, what's going to happen. We know that the zombie apocalypse—it's it's, going to go down roughly within what four, three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. So there's already a lot that we are very familiar with. So I think that having just those moments where we don't know, you know, who is safe and and who is. Um, might make up for just the fact of that we know a lot more than the characters do already. Mm-hmm. I think one person's expendable. Um, and I don't think you can choose that one person based on the pilot. Yeah. But I feel like if you're going to take a show like this and you have three weeks and everything in this season and probably next season has to happen within that time period, I'm yeah. assuming, I'm completely assumption right here, I'd say the way they've set it up with the dad having a stepson that he's trying to get closer to and things like that, I'm gonna again. I think he has to choose between his stepson and somebody in his family, mm-hmm. in this family. 
and I think that's what's going to be the driving force that's kind of tearing them apart at the next at the beginning of next season because yeah. they need some kind of drama within that familial unit. If they get all the way to the end of the season, everyone together surviving, and they've actually repaired those bonds, everyone's good again, and then let's say he saves his stepson over saving his wife, all of those kids are going to hate him again, and then yeah. it's next season is repairing those bonds with those kids. Mm-hmm. It's It's kind of... If I was to say, I'd say last episode of this season, Madison is the one he chooses to let die instead of his son, Chris. Hmm. Interesting. Are those predictions? Like those are little bit predictions. predictions. We're on those characters. I'm sorry. I, I like to I like to think. Like, uh, give us a little taste there. Well, good. going off of, we need to talk a little bit about Liza and Chris, and we mm-hmm. see them briefly. Um, I I like both of them. Again, I, I went to the round tables, and the actress, uh, Elizabeth, who plays her, and and they they were so cute. They had such good chemistry just at the table that you could tell like they get along. And I think it'll be fun to see them a little bit more in the show as well because it also doesn't seem like they're exes that have problems with each other, or at least problems that we haven't seen yet. I mean, mm-hmm. something like this, I'm sure, will definitely pull up some issues between yeah. the relationship that maybe are unspoken right now, but I agree. They, they seem get divorced to be, for a reason. Right, yeah. exactly. But at this point, yeah, they do seem to be pretty cordial with each other mm-hmm. and right now, the only the, the biggest tension that we see is just between Chris and his dad, Travis. So I'm sure at this point, Liza is just probably more so concerned with making sure that Christopher's okay and able to sort of deal with this new family dynamic. You know, it's like really mini Brady Bunch situation that they have going on right now. And I wonder if part of that is either, and I and I haven't decided yet what I think is, if he's mad at him because obviously the parents still have an amicable relationship and he's like, why aren't you with my mom? Because you guys still seem to be mm-hmm. on good terms. Or if it's he doesn't like his dad right now because maybe, you know, he he got with Madison before he got the divorce because we don't know when they met and how they met or if that crossed a little bit. So that could also be part of why Chris isn't a big fan of his dad's right now. Well, I kind of got a sense that maybe Christopher, and I could be completely wrong, but I kind of got a sense that he, there's a little bit of jealousy that he has for mm-hmm. Nick, just because, you know, he mentioned something in their conversation, like, you know, Nick is not a cool guy or something like that, or I don't want to be friends with him or we're not friends anymore. So I think that a part of it is, you know, now my dad is living with this whole other family and, you know, when he was talking on the phone with Liza, when Travis was talking on the phone with Liza, it was about Nick and him being in the hospital and is is Nick okay? So I feel like there's a lot of attention on Nick and this new family and maybe Christopher is feeling a little left out and he's feeling like my dad doesn't care about me or love or love me as much as he cares about and loves this new family. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that's a real feeling to have, a real emotion when divorces happen. You know, a lot of the times the child feels neglected or they feel like it's their fault or, you know, they take on that their own assumptions as to what happens. So, Why is he putting in this so much, much effort for him when he could have put in that effort to stay with my mom? You exactly. Know? Which I'm sure will come up again. I know we, we all have been echoing each other about it, but that will definitely come up too. Just sort of seeing who chooses who and mm-hmm. what does that mean for these characters and what does that mean for the show? You know, like when when it's thick and thin, like who are you really going to, to choose? Who are you going to lean on? lean towards Mm -hmm. and we saw we'll get to the the big moments where so nick keeps calling this one person for a good portion of of the second half of the show and we don't know who it is yet yeah and he meets kelvin who Mm -hmm. we saw a little bit earlier when madison and travis went to go see to see if he had seen nick and he seems like this upstanding guy Mm -hmm. and that i i thought originally maybe he used to be an addict and got out and he was trying to be maybe a sponsor or something to him Mm -hmm. and of course we find out that's not quite what happened he's the one selling the drugs to him yeah i wonder how much madison and travis know about that too if that's actually they think they, they know that he's the the dealer <laughs> i mean i don't i don't think i'd be as you know chummy with them if i knew i'd be more mm-hmm. like okay you know where my son is you know fess up but they seem to be very comfortable with him mm-hmm. so they probably didn't know anything about his dealings at all which is interesting um i but- find it i find it kind of interesting that they uh 
that um, Travis goes and goes to the church and then tells Madison what he finds, and then she tells him not to tell Nick. <laughs> she says, don't enable him. And if you really think about it, the only reason he's going to Calvin is because he doesn't know what he saw. He doesn't know if it was true. He thinks it was caused by the drugs. So he yeah. calls Calvin over and over again instead of going to his parents, calls Calvin, goes to Calvin, and then the moment Calvin like hugs him like that, I was like, oh, he's going to kill him. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, he's going to definitely yeah. kill him. <laughs> but yeah, Calvin, not the upstanding gentleman we that thought we he was. That. No, not at all. He was good at playing that game, and, and they end up mm-hmm. um, in the reservoir, right? In right. And... Um, and takes him out, and they're fighting over the gun. And of course, Calvin of course gets Calvin shot. shot. Yeah. And like, the Walking Dead fans and all of us, yeah. we were both yelling, "Like he's not dead!" Yeah, of course, like, he didn't. Yeah. It didn't work. And so he runs off, and he he gets in contact with Madison Travis. Um, I was really curious about the timing between mm-hmm. that because, as we've seen in The Walking Dead, how quickly now that it's you know many seasons in that they turn mm-hmm. but at the beginning it wasn't quite like that so here he finds them kind of immediately and i think that's just for the viewer mm-hmm. obviously and they go and they find calvin and he's not there yeah. and we're seeing how people are turning you know like at the very beginning Stephen mentioned that that gloria she turned because she OD'd mm-hmm. on drugs. And then with Calvin, he was shot and then he turned because he died. So I think now it's really interesting how we're sort of seeing that people are, are starting to turn, but they're not necessarily, like, we're not necessarily seeing any real indicators that people are being exposed to anything mm-hmm. or that there are viruses just out in the air. It's just sort of happened and it's just sort of starting. Mm-hmm. And we're still not even really getting an explanation as to why it's mm-hmm. starting, how, what's initiated all of this. You keep expecting it to be like, hey, Mark Wahlberg here with M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> you know, it's the plants. The plants are causing everyone to be zombies. Uh, no, I, I really... A lot of people. A lot of people have been thinking that this is a uh, this is going to be the prequel that explains the Everything. origins of the yeah, zombie virus. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's a prequel to show how society reacts to the spread of a virus like this mm-hmm. through the eyes of a family that is already in tumult, Mm -hmm. I guess is the word to use. So it's not going to show us why everyone's infected. Um, That whole thing... And that has been confirmed by the EPs. Like Dave Erickson said, I read a couple couple of articles that really drove that point home like you're not going to know what actually caused it you're not going to know yeah if it's plants or if it's drugs or rabies gone wild you know you're not going to find out what that is well it's like what's the point once you know why it becomes cliche because no matter what they do it's Mm -hmm. some really long drawn out clever way of making everyone be infected you're just going to be like really yeah exactly no matter what they do it could be the coolest thing in the world really I wonder if it'll go route of kind of what the strain's doing right now. And I know you do, you know, you're more of an expert than I am on the strain. I really felt like this season will be similar. Yeah. If if we're actually going to see how they're going to try to stop, you know, this virus, let's call it. And we'll learn more about it just based off of the science of that rather than how it originally started. started. Which I admit, you know, I was a little disappointed to find out that we weren't going to find out the origin of it. But, you know, I think going off of Steven's note, yeah, I, I do think it doesn't really matter how mm-hmm. it started. What matters is that now we're in this world where we have to deal with this, and it's in all of us, so, you know, say your prayers before you go to sleep at night, hope you wake up in the morning, and it's just now everybody having to just come to terms with the fact that we have it, and, and now the biggest you know, most important thing is how are we going to cure it? How are we going to get rid of it? Mm-hmm. Is there a way to cure it? Can we get rid of it? Or is this just going to be a continuing thing of just trying to beat time? You know? And right now, we we do know that there's only five states that have this problem. because yes, based on Tobias. I kinda, yeah, Tobias, and I kind of skipped over that a little bit. But when he has a meeting with Madison, and of course, we're all like, Trust this kid. (laughs) He knows what he's talking about. Trust the kid with the knife. Yeah, trust the the knife in the pocket. Um, That that he's kind of looking more into this, and Mm -hmm. we see him when he gets on the bus at the end, looking at Madison and this look in his eye, like you basically are sending us all to our deaths. Well, a lot of people hate him. A lot of the Mm -hmm. people didn't like him, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. or they didn't. No, sorry, sorry, not him. A lot of people didn't like the character of Madison for not believing him. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you can't really trust a really weird high schooler who obviously always has problems if this isn't the first time the principal's grabbed him aside when he's coming through the thing. Mm-hmm. When he has a knife and he's telling you it's some yeah. ridiculous theory. Like, you can't trust a kid who says yeah. that. He may be right one out of a hundred times, but I mean... You can't, you can't blame her for not wanting to trust a kid who brings a knife to school. And well, she and, said that he yeah. plays a lot of online games too. So there's, you know, you can't say that. Imagine- don't say that. <laughs> I play a lot of online game games too. I know. I'm a lot just of saying, people. imaginations of people who play online games. Sometimes, you know, we get a little carried away. I love online <laughs> games. I play them too. But well, and and he said obviously he has a lot of problems. The fact that she knew to check his pockets immediately and mm-hmm. knew it was going to be something bad really does say that you know obviously she touches on that he had problems with dominic uh in his class and did he try to do something not necessarily to him but to another student who was also probably he probably got bullied honestly big time bullied and had he tried to did he try to protect himself at some point earlier on i think what's really what's I keep saying it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's your saying. Except it is it. interesting. Yeah. Take a shot every time Steven says. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have the family all together the entire season. Mm-mm. I don't think they're going to get together next episode. I think we're going to get separation storylines because I feel like the school bus within itself could be one storyline where maybe Tobias shines and saves the, the daughter. Um, and then you have... Nick and the parents, and then you have the other son or wherever he is. Everyone's going to have their seclusion storyline before they can actually get out and meet up with somebody. And then the other thing is, how are they going to find out where to meet up with people with all this going on? So it's going to be really interesting to see how the characters react to these situations. Yeah, But I do think Tobias and what's-her-face, the daughter? Alicia. Alicia. I think Tobias and Alicia are going to be the the friend zone duo coming up in the in the season that'll be interesting because he the actor has not been at many of the press events that they've had it's been you know it's it's been more of madison and travis and their kids and the ex-wife and we'll meet i don't know who whose father it's going to end up being if it's going to be travis's or liza's but those are the only people that they've had doing the circuit so i find that they might at least for this season may stick them all together and that's all we're going to see and probably testing the waters it's only six episodes yeah so i don't think they'll add a whole lot of new characters except for maybe the ones that come in you know the military people or whatnot Mm. and we might see more people like calvin or maybe matt's family hopefully and find out what happened with him but let's get to the so, so they are all together. They find Calvin. We, we were talking about that, and they get in the car to leave because he's not there. And okay. and all of a sudden, but, here comes uh-huh, Calvin. He is there. That's got to be kind of right fun for cue. for Greg Nicotero because it's doing walkers in a whole different way. This is the very beginning. Mm-hmm. They're not. Also, it's got to be nice for the makeup artists. They don't have to spend hours with people the in the chairs. Yeah, these are not decomposing year-old zombies. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all just flesh bags. Yeah, that nobody knows how to kill, so they just get to make them worse and worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. as they just keep moving. Because I thought even the girl at the beginning, Gloria, I. She didn't look at all like a walker. She kind of looked more like a vampire, I was thinking, when she first came up, uh, just with the eyes and, and just the blood around her mouth. But she still looked normal. And I think that was the other thing, too, where, of course, Nick is saying what we're all saying. Don't get out of the car. Right. He's dangerous. And they haven't seen it yet, so they yeah. don't know. And the fact mm-hmm. that now Nick's like, okay, this is the second time I'm seeing this. I'm not on anything right now. Yeah. My system is clean. This is bad. Yeah. And thankfully, they were all kind of in sync, at least with they moved out. They pushed um, they pushed Calvin into the back, you know, into the way of where Nick gets into the car and backs up over him. Yeah. He was a pusher. Now he got pushed. Um, <laughs> did she get she didn't get bit? Did she? It looked like she did slightly, like she but did. I don't think she did. No, I she didn't. No, it was very close. And of course, you know, it, it's the show. So in, in normal circumstances, I think she would have gotten bit. Mm-hmm. But since it's the first season, she's a main character. Of course, she can't get bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to give a fun fact right now real quick. Uh, this scene where they film this, that uh, that ramp scene and things like that, it's an overpass down in downtown Hollywood that I've done a f- few <laughs> photo shoots at because it has great light, diffused mm-hmm. lighting during midday. But if you watch Sharknado... <gasps> 
I think it's Sharknado 2 or one of them, one, whichever one. Sharknado. They film almost every single scene there. You'll see the same kind of cement like structure there. You'll you'll recognize it. Like every five minutes, they'll be driving for like five minutes and they'll stop the car and they'll be literally writing the same thing with like different papers there. It's a very common LA spot. So just a little Easter egg for you guys who may live in Los Angeles. And Is that also um, yeah. where they shot the final scene in Greece with driving? Uh, Thunder Road. I can't remember, but it's in tons of TV shows. You'll recognize that everywhere if you kind of look out (laughs) for it. It's a very signature place to do a scene. I'm so looking forward to seeing a, um, what are they called? When there's just a ton of the walkers. A herd? A herd, I can't wait for seeing a herd walking down the L.A. River. (laughs) Walking down Hollywood with the big sign in the background. Exactly. Because they do. They like their pants the city. There's a lot of times where I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm We're in L.A. It's yeah. cool. Do it you was, think we'll get a, a chaos at a Grauman's premiere? Like, do you think we'll get that I Hollywood Boulevard? No. no. I don't think that's their style. I don't think Robert Kirkman and Greg Nicotero. And also, I, I feel like we would have heard of them filming unless they decided yeah. to just do a green screen or something when I think they're... He said that they were filming up in like Vancouver or Toronto or something for most of this. Or if we get it, we probably will not get it. Maybe in the first season, but but probably not. It probably will will take a few seasons for us <laughs> to get into something like that. Because you know they said that this is very very foundation based. We are laying the groundwork. So a herd. I mean that'd be great cinematically to see, but mm-hmm. I don't think that that's in the future as of yet. Hopefully, and our final moment with with Calvin is he's run over him several times now, yeah. and all of a sudden shot him, run over him, him, everything except he's actually flown, kill him. Broken bones, jaw is is just gone, and he's still alive. Moving. You know, and the looks on alive. their faces, it just kind of that first moment that takes I think a lot of us back to that mm-hmm. first moment, Walking Dead, where even Rick, Rick sees the little sees girl. The little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was great. It kind of started and sort of ended similarly, I think, with Walking Dead and just that same fear, that same disbelief, that mm-hmm. same what the heck is going on, <laughs> you know, what's happening. So let me ask you guys, because mm-hmm. the biggest question that I've been getting in the live chat all night is, all these people died in a church. Where are they? Mm-hmm. So where do you think mm-hmm. the walkers are going who are in this church? You know, it's funny because I think we probably saw one of them when when Madison and Travis were driving in and we see, I mean, it could just be a homeless person walking around, but I tend to think nobody's going to really notice in that area as much because it seems to be kind of filled with with the, like that you with know, homeless with homeless mm-hmm. people and but it's it's homeless or drug people, people have, yeah who have, have a problems taste for flesh so yes. it's a little bit different um i mean i kind of think that you know i mean that that area like you said it's it's sort of kind of like a skid row type so it's there's a lot of pockets of that area that are just empty mm-hmm. so i think it just could be them you know being turned and not really knowing what you know just sort of giving into the instinct of of being a zombie now and wanting flesh and wanting to feed and so them just sort of scattering off Mm -hmm. into different parts of the city and i'm sure we'll hear more and more about it i mean it could have been um the guy who was on the freeway who we saw you know with the cops and Mm -hmm. the ambulance like he could have been bit or even from that church so you know i think right now they're all sort of scattering off but there are a lot of different pockets of it. And you know, it's L.A. A lot of times when we see sketchy stuff happening and going on, we get the heck out of Dodge, you yep. know. So I think it could just be a situation where they're out there, but L.A. people are a little more like, mm, that looks really sketch. Let me We run away, away and New this. York is just kind of like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I think exactly. we're, we're, you know, the bigger cities, like you said, I mean, we're kind yeah. of used to, okay, well, that's Hollywood for you. Yeah. Like, whatever's going on. I mean, who knows? People could be even thinking... I wonder if they'll play this pun and be like, ah, they're just filming a movie. Exactly. I think they're going to go back to the church next episode. Again? I think if if you think about it, they didn't explain where the people are. Mm-hmm. They didn't explain where the walkers went. I think if you go into the mind of uh, Travis, he's thinking, well, it was clear. Why don't we go back there to hole up? Because it kind of seemed hard to get into. It seemed like a fortified place they could protect. And I think if we go back to the church to fortify up, that's when we can have the walkers all come out of the basement after hearing something. And that gives us a kind of a fight scene or more of like the 
you know, satiate people's bloodlust when watching this show. I, you know what? I actually don't think they'll do too much of that, and that's only their only reason is because seeing the previews and stuff, where it seems like the military is going to get involved with it, and there's going to be a lot of restrictions and the communications and whatnot. So I don't, I do think they'll go back at some point, but I don't know if it'll be to actually, I don't, to have all the walkers come out of the basement or something. I, I feel like the show is trying to kind of di- differentiate themselves slightly um, from Walking Dead, yeah, and and really create their own ideals. That's also why I, I find it, I'll find it hard to believe if, if they do kill somebody really big off in the first six episodes. Maybe one, yeah. but I don't think it'll be more than that. Only to create a difference. I mean, I guess I just kind of took the whole thing with the walkers at the church is, you know, this is really starting now. Mm-hmm. We have walkers that maybe some have escaped, maybe they're still there, but I mean, people have been going back in and out, back and forth in that church, so there has to be at some point where the walkers see, okay, there's an out of here and maybe there's people outside that mm-hmm. I can feed on. So I think it's it's just to sort of set up the stage, okay, now the walkers are, you know, people are starting to turn. There are walkers who are now turning other people into zombies. So this is really setting up the stage for this to be the beginning of what's going to come. It's just It's just helping to further set the stage. You know, it, we had a containment, I guess, of, of walkers. Maybe now they're starting to get out more, and now a lot more people are starting to get infected. So mm-hmm. um, I just ultimately think it's just helping to set the stage even more for what's to come. Well, they do, especially with the hospital, mm-hmm. when the woman's really freaked out when she says, we had this person go code blue, and then we had another one on the second Downstairs, floor. Yep. So apparently they have their hands full, and all it mm-hmm. takes is one doctor to get bitten. Again, yeah. these people don't know the symptoms. They don't know anything. So they're going to let them turn. They're going to get yeah. that fever, and they're yeah. going to try to treat them. More people are going to get bitten, and then the hospital's taken down. So yeah. so much that one big building like a hospital can get taken down so quickly by yeah. just one guy in an old room and two people dying at the same time because yeah. everyone's infected, as we know from the show, that everyone can turn. And you know where people can turn? They can turn to iTunes, and they can go to iTunes and search After Buzz, Fear the Walking Dead, and you can leave us a five-star review and give us a comment. Write a comment. Say who you think's going to die. Say your predictions. Say what you think's going to happen in the show. Ask us questions. Ask us anything you want on iTunes, and we will give you a shout-out on the show as well as read your review live. So go ahead and go to iTunes again, After Buzz TV. Fear the Walking Dead and hit that five star. Leave us a review, and I'll give some shout outs to people in the chat really quick because we got yeah, about sixty five people in here right now. <laughs> uh, KJA four one five seven, Rob P eight two eight seven. What's with all the sevens? Hamto, uh, GBNF, Sylvia Love, Mark Hare, Mark Hare, really. All right, Cassandra Cram, John T- John Terrius Haywood. And uh, Patrick Wasoba and Daquan Jenkins has been here from the beginning. So nice. shout out to all you guys. guys. Shout out for the chat. And you guys can also follow us on the hashtag ABTTV Fear. ABTV Fear. And definitely leave comments. Um, like Stephen was saying, do it on iTunes. We love to hear from you guys. The more, you know, we do this for free. We do this because we like coming in and we like talking about the show. We like interacting with you guys especially. And I always love to read the YouTube comments. I'm forever like responding to people i've had people on twitter also tweet me stuff and talk to them about that and hopefully we'll we're kind of like watching with you guys i always like to think about that is is why watch your favorite show by yourself when you can watch it with us and if you want us to get guests and things like that keep sharing the link send it to us retweet us when we tweet it out share it with all your friends tell Mm -hmm. them because honestly it's hollywood this is hollywood the show's hollywood (laughs) people look at views on videos people look at all sorts of stuff when it comes to getting them in here and we're working on a few right now but you know you can do your part to help we want you we are hoping to get two very soon shout out to chris hawkins he asked for one (laughs) (laughs) shout out chris so uh let's get to predictions oh yeah let me hit that button (laughs) (laughs) now you're after buzz tv all right, Ashley, what are you thinking? Um, you know, it's just, it's just so, if, for this being the first show, it's <laughs> so really many hard ways. to, yeah, it's really hard to just pick one specific thing. Well, for the family, for sure, I kind of actually hope that we'll sort of see what, more of what uh, Travis's relationship with Liza and Christopher are, mm-hmm. you know, as these things start to happen. And 
I just I really want to see more of them sort of come together a little bit as a family and just sort of see how that whole thing happens. But, you know, for sure, we saw in the trailer that there's going to be an incident with the bus situation. So I'm pretty sure people are going to die. They're going to turn. So we're going to sort of see just how these young people, especially Tobias, if he makes it and Alicia sort of deal with having, you know, the bus turn and maybe people turning. Um, And then just overall with the series... Um, I really think that this is going to be, well, definitely it's a very character-driven show. With the, the lack of walkers, we're going to get into a lot of just seeing how people's characters sort of develop and their arc and how they sort of gain a sense of strength. And I think with The Walking Dead, we get we get that sense a lot, too. So I'm just really interested to see how these seemingly normal people are really going to sort of turn into and sort of step into these roles where they have to be strong, kind of fearless, and just sort of make it through alive, hopefully. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed for everybody. Steven? Uh, everyone in the chat saying Nick's going to die, and he's not going to mm-hmm. die, guys. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> as much like, as you want. As much as you want him to die. Like, he is he's the one character live. that I feel yeah. is carrying the show he at the moment. Right and I know it's one episode in, but, I mean, okay, my prediction is uh, we're going to have the characters semi-secluded. We're going to finally get them back together through them helping each other and kind of building this family dynamic that really kind of is strong in the end, and in episode six we get an Andrea sister dying kind of scene between uh, Nick holding his mother, who's dying because Travis saved Chris instead of her. That's what I see happening. So wow. morbid. Um, yeah, I I tend to think I agree with you in, in terms of um, Travis. When you were saying earlier, he's going to have to choose between the families. I think it's going to be more of the route where. You know, we see Chris trying to get on his phone. It's not working. I feel like he's Travis isn't going to be able to get a hold of Chris. And I feel like Alicia is going to run off to try to get Matt. So then that's going to leave Madison with Travis together. And Travis is going to be like, I need to find my son. And she's going to be, I need to find my daughter. Mm, and I so think gonna that's going to cause a little bit of problems with them to, okay, who do they go to first? Or do they end up splitting up? You know what's what's more of the important part is for them to stay as a team or for them to split up and what kind of you know how that hurts their relationship. Or maybe we get Harrison Ford. Give me back my family. Yes. <laughs> Give well, me back. That would be interesting at the end if the daughter found Matt actually and he wasn't a walker and she actually decided to go separate ways from the her. family. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. she left her family in the end to go oh, with him. And her reason is, I may be 16 or whatever she is, but this is the apocalypse. Like, I'm, you can't control me. I'm kind of predicting that Matt is not going to make it. I think that yeah. he didn't answer her because he got turned into a walker. So they I think killed that Calvin, that... though. And then they're going to kill the principal. You know they're going to kill the principal. They kind of hinted at that, right? Yeah, they've been hinting at it. He was only renewed for one episode, so he's not going to be in the rest of season one. I think we all know that syndrome that goes down (laughs) with with movies and TV shows like this. I think Matt is, yeah, he's a done deal. Really quick, what did you guys think of how how the news kind of is spreading and how they're using social media to spread the things like this? Because if you look at that video, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. kind of... Kind of cool how something like that could be sent to so many different people and people still not believe it. And it really says a lot about our society, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like we were all lambs to the slaughter because even with all the warning signs, we didn't believe it. Well, I don't want to get too too deep on on this, but it did remind me we see a lot of videos nowadays with police brutality. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of, okay, is that what was going on here? Is that kind of, I mean... There's just a lot of things that way that we see in the fact that if that is real or fake and that we can't tell the yeah. difference nowadays either with special effects. Yeah, and, I, um, I, I kind of took it as viral. that. I think that we're just so up to date with special effects and it's very easy to fake a mm-hmm. video and make it appear real. So I think that, you know, we're just sort of in that age of where, oh, no, we like you really need the whole world telling you, no, this is real mm-hmm. for you to believe that it's real. But it does say a lot about who we are as a society, you know, seeing it up close and really having like a first up close preview of it. And for us to not, for it not to click with us, I think that that, that does say a lot about, and it also says a lot about who we are, you know, the fact that we can now get these images, these videos so quickly Mm -hmm. and it just, it spreads and goes viral and we just have more access to it. And there's so many too, where you hear like, Oh, this happened. And then all of a sudden it was a Jimmy Kimmel skit. Exactly. Yep. So do you think the do you think the family is going to be more offensive or defensive this season? 
As far as with the walkers? As far as, are they going to be doing a lot more hiding, or are they going to actually attack them? Uh, hiding. Hiding for sure. I think that they're probably going to have to meet other people who are a little bit more defensive mm-hmm. first to sort of learn those skills again, because I don't think they really have them yet. So yeah. I think we're going to have to see them learn those skills as they go along. Obviously, there has to be some tension, so we, got, we are going to have to see them interact with walkers in some way. But it, I do think it's going to take a while for them to just be out in the middle of the streets, just hacking walkers left and right. Well, and the interesting thing with that video, too, is we saw him get shot everywhere until at the very end, where the girl makes the point, like, ah, kill shot. Yeah. And I don't think people will realize that right at the beginning, but I feel like we'll almost see that video again where they're trying to dissect, okay, well, this guy mm-hmm. ended up dying. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. Wait, they yeah. shot him in the head. Yeah, they're going to have to put the, the pieces of the puzzle together, mm-hmm. and it might take a while, but I think it'll be worth it once they do. Once as long as they're it. driving a nice brand new car that they can advertise on the show to pay for the show. Hyundai, right? <laughs> yep, and KFC. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> All right, Ashley, where can the people find you hey at? guys, you can Tweet at me, Ashley underscore Chapman on Twitter. Please tweet at me your comments, your questions. I'd love to hear from you. And thanks for watching the first episode of Fear the Walking Dead and after Buzz TV. Steven, where can everybody find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, as well as doing the Graceland After Show on Thursdays and the Strain After Show on Mondays. Killjoy's finale tomorrow with Aaron Ashmore, the main oh, yeah. actor in it. Check it out. It's at 7 p.m. It's going to be super awesome. And go ahead and check out all our other networks, Pop Popcorn Talk Network and Black Hollywood Live and all that jazz. Kristen? And speaking of Popcorn Talk, you can find me on there as well. I do a bunch of the premieres and junkets. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and now Instagram. Same thing, uh, Kristen Carroll 13 They're both on those. So um, shoot off us some comments and we'll be sure to answer them and read them and everything like that. So yeah. welcome to Fear the Walking Dead I After know. Show. We'll Ooh. see you guys next week. Thanks, Bye. guys. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.